Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett. I'm John Dingle Dongle. I'm I'm Tony. I'm Tony. Yeah, what's that other guy's name? And I'm John Smith. On this week's episode, we're going to have a great conversation with the senator from Wyoming. Hooray! We're live in Georgia. Hey, everybody. What's going on in Georgia? Simply Safe, keeping you safe. Now more than ever, your family needs to feel safe and secure. At Simply Safe, you can get 20% off. Hey, that's great because then I can spend 20 I can spend the $20 on my uh, Labradoodle. Yeah, my Labradoodle. Anyway, that's us just destroying Pod Save America. Goodbye. Thanks for playing. You have officially been retired by the podcast assassins, election profit makers. My name's David, and I'm joined by John. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Fuck it. It's fall. You know, the, the leaves are beautiful. We're in this drought, and apparently that makes the leaves really colorful. Mm. So, you, you know, you take the good with the bad. That's great advice, John, and I'm going to have to remember that. You take the good with the bad. You take them all, and then you have the facts of life. Remember that show? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sick day staple. Tootie. Tootie? Yeah. She wore roller skates. Yeah, that's right. Famous uh, factoid about the facts of life. One of the first manic pixie dream girls. What? I don't know what that means. What? A manic pixie dream girl, John, is a trope in television and movies where I think this character is often played by someone like Natalie Portman. It okay. is a girl who is. Says, oh, wait a minute. That was Tootie? Wasn't it? Okay. Who was the young black woman who was too short and so she wore roller skates? That's Tootie. She wore roller skates. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So a manic pixie dream girl is like a, a, a winsome. But I don't think it was Natalie. What's her name? She was the heavier girl. Right. Right. And then there was Joe who was tough. She was like a motorcycle, motorcycle girl. Yeah. Remember her? Yeah. Kind of the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl. And then there was Blair. And then, of course, friends, there was the ever alluring, delightfully sophisticated Blair with the hair (laughs) at which we could only stare. It was called The Facts of Life. You younger kids should check it out. It was interesting. I wonder if it'll ever have a revival. Do you remember how the Golden Girls had this kind of second wind. People people rediscovered the Golden Girls and saw it right. as a sort of feminist and somehow even queer-friendly text. I wonder if the facts of life will ever go through that process and we'll get a million facts of life memes going forward. The facts of life. And John, for $10, can you remember the name of the house mistress who ran no. the house that the girls lived in? No. Okay. Um, Miss... Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. No. Can't remember. Okay, that's fine. We are back on the grind with the EPM Movie Club live watch parties, and we are going to do another one this Friday. And it is going to be a classic. I'm excited. Comedy classic. Clifford. I've never Clifford. seen it. Clifford. Not Clifford the Big Red Dog, but the other Clifford. All I know about Clifford is hearing you talk about it and hearing Tom Sharpling talk about it on The Best Show. Oh, he likes it? Yeah, he loves it. Okay, that makes me feel better. So you know about it independently of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I loved it when it came out in 1994, and I really don't know if I've seen it many times since then. Okay. 
So uh, <laughs> I am really looking forward to it. Do you it. want to explain course... the premise of this movie? Because the premise makes it sound like an art movie rather than a box office comedy. Well, it takes place at a Catholic school in uh, the year 2050. There's an elderly What? Priest. It takes place in the future? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, Father Clifford Daniel. Um, <laughs> wait, can this really be? It's got Charles Grodin. It's got Martin Short. Martin Short plays a 10-year-old child. Right. That's the thing. But that's not the point. The point of the movie is not an adult is a child. It's not like that, right? They just do it and never acknowledge it. That's what's so crazy yes. to me about it. Yeah. So that is 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 awkward, but it works, you know? You just have to go with the flow, as they say. Well, I'm excited. I've never seen it. We're going to watch it for the first time. And if you're on our Patreon, if you join our Patreon, then you can watch along with us a Discord on the Discord, on the EPM Discord. I'm seeing here that it made $7.4 million at the box office. This Friday, November 17th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Join us on the EPM Discord, and we're all going to watch Clifford, and we're going to have a lot of fun, I hope. I love Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin is honestly one of my faves, so I'm very excited to see him. Me too. John, let's start the episode. Go, John. Okay. We, uh, we had a big election on Tuesday. And uh, it was another one of these off-year elections where the Democrats did really well. And, I, you know, I think the polling showed that they were going to do okay. Uh, but the vibe, w- w- nobody was feeling that based on a lot of the, uh, the polling. Because everybody hates Joe Biden now. That's right. Uh, but Democrats were able to uh, hold on to the Senate in Virginia, were able to flip the House of Delegates. That wasn't necessarily expected. Um, what else? Andy Bashir in, in the Democrat in Kentucky won fairly handily. Uh, progressives and Democrats won all over North Carolina, including here in Chapel Hill and Carborough. It's a, the pro-growth, pro-affordable housing people won. We're going to pave. It's high rise time in Chapel Hill. I know John Kimball's excited. Yeah. Yeah. So we are about to mow the forest, pave everything and build just gaudy apartments everywhere. I love it. And uh, in Ohio, marijuana passed. Marijuana um, passed. Yeah. It's now legal mandatory. to possess and sell, sell it. Yeah. Oh, it's mandatory. Yeah. It's hardcore. You have to smoke marijuana. Okay. Uh, they also passed a constitutional amendment that ensures access to abortion and uh, other reproductive health care. So now you've got a lot of Republicans sort of trying to back away and saying, yeah, we need to come up with maybe some sort of national thing because they, they don't, we they don't like us. We shouldn't leave abortion to the states. It's too important to leave to the states. This should be decided on the federal level. There's going to be a total that's, flip-flop once all the states legalize abortion. That's right. Uh, the Republicans did win in Mississippi mm-hmm. and uh, they won some mayoral races in uh, two cities in North Carolina, Burlington and Gastonia. So that was so it wasn't a total wipeout for them. They won two of the top twelve largest cities. Can I ask a dumb question? Is Burlington the same as Burlington Coat Factory? So, because Burlington used to be the home of all the outlet malls where we would go to buy clothes. That's right, and Burlington Coat Factory was famously in located there in Burlington. But I believe that that Burlington Coat Factory is was not related. 
it's just a crazy coincidence to Burlington, North Carolina. And I'm going to just look that up to make look sure. Look that up real okay? quick. Yeah. The headquarters were based in Burlington Township, New Jersey. So it was, oh, it was sort of strange. Me. What are the odds? What are the odds that there was a Burlington Coat Factory in Burlington, North Carolina, and it was a complete coincidence? What are the odds? Well, I think there were lot there were lots of Burlington Coat Factories in lots of cities, but they they did have a huge presence in Burlington, North Carolina. Also, Burlington, North Carolina is associated with clothing because I think there used to be a lot of mills there or something. Right? Absolutely. So again, it would make perfect sense that we would think that. Really, Burlington. Burlington- Coat Factory. Burlington Coat Factory has one of the greatest domain names for their website. Let me guess, coats.com. They have coat.com and they they actually and they own burlington.com. Coat.com? Yeah. A four character domain that probably nobody has ever entered into their browser in the history of all of human civilization. Oh, I bet they have. You would enter coat.com? Be like, I need yeah. to buy a coat. Let me go to coat.com and see what they Dude, have for coats. I'm telling you, I own homework.com and people type that in all the time. I can't believe it. I can't believe how crazy reality is. It is crazy. And we're back. Can we talk about something that happened in LA that I just learned about last night? Mm. I know what you're going to talk about. Word on the street is that uh, the major interstate in Los Angeles freeway, the 10, the they, put 10. A v, they put a V in front of everything over mm-hmm. there. The 10 is no longer around. Immortalized in the Minutemen double album, Double Nickels on the Dime. It was in, That was where they were on the 10? I think so. That's why it's the dime. Bruh, you're the infra guy. You love the Minutemen. You never realized that? I always knew what double nickels was. Right. It has a double meaning because it's double nickels on the dime like we're – because it's exactly at 55 miles per hour. But they're also on the 10 headed to San Pedro, I think. How did I not figure that out? Yeah, man. That's great. Well, the 10 burned down, which I hate. Yep. Because we no longer have – a bunch of traffic on a big giant interstate. But I got to say from a crucial urban chaos, just atmospheric viewpoint, I love it. Okay. Let's explore that. Because I just love the idea of like giant piece of urban infrastructure just on in flames. That must have been so exciting. I know. It's so satisfying. What is that though? Does that mean we have a negative attitude towards society? No, it's just exciting. Just things happening. Hmm. Disasters. They're 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 titillating. Yeah. Yeah. You can admit it. Yes, there was a fire. Now they're saying it might have been arson and the latest as of this morning is that that part of the freeway will be closed for about a month. So there's some commuter chaos going on in LA. I've also seen some amazing photographs of the raised freeway uh, entirely empty, and I would love to go bike on it. Remember in the early days of COVID when all the roads were empty at night and you felt like you were in the road by Cormac McCarthy walking along with your little kid in your little shopping cart looking for Coca-Colas and bomb shelters, trying not to get eaten by perverts? That's the feelings it gives me. Feelings of excitement and a sort of haunted quality. Mm -hmm. Urban exploration. Are you into that stuff? Urban exploration? 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Would you um, like to do that someday with me? Go to an old theater and break in and then stage our own creepy production of Waiting for Godot? Mm hmm. So is the traffic going to be, you know, we had we had this major fire in Philadelphia a few months ago where a semi crashed in an underpass and it closed I-95. And they thought it was going to be a disaster, and it turned out it was fine. And uh, I-85 in Atlanta, so jealous, it caught on fire and collapsed uh, about five years ago. And um, they they were able to survive that too. So maybe L.A. will be fine. L.A. will be fine. L.A. strong. L.A. survive. We survive. L.A. The, would L.A. do that? You know how <laughs> – you know, And L.A. strong, it, fe- it doesn't feel like an L.A. thing. It doesn't feel like L.A. really has like a – a culture where everyone would come together. Like if there was a terrorist attack in L- LA, would it would it be LA strong? It probably would. Yeah. That, yeah, it would. Okay. All right. I don't have an out to this conversation. What else did you want to know about the freeway? Uh, when's it going to get fixed? Uh, three, closed for three to five weeks. Has Gavin Newsom been on the scene? Uh, I don't know if he's been on the scene. Okay. Karen Bass has been on the scene. Mayor Karen Bass, I think, has already been there. I don't know about old Gavin Newsom. She made us a lot of money back in the day. God, remember that? Let's turn to our predictive portfolios. Why are we talking about freeways? The only freeway I'm interested in is the freeway that takes me to the exit where all the money is hiding. And speaking of, I've never been in a worse position because my investment in Senator Tim Scott being the 2024 Republican presidential nominee has bared... No fruit. Folks, it brings me no pleasure to say that Tim Scott, moments after introducing America to his beautiful girlfriend on the Republican debate stage last week, let's not forget that in addition to the off-year elections we had last week, we also had a Republican presidential debate. Tim Scott blew everyone's mind by bringing a winsome young woman up on stage afterwards and introducing her as his girlfriend. That wasn't enough. Tim Scott has suspended... His campaign. Now, that does mean it could be reactivated at any moment, which is why I'm happy to say I'm holding 400 shares. Yes, that Tim Scott will be the 2024 Republican nominee. And even though he is currently trading at the price of one penny per share, I'm Mm. going to continue to hold because I paid nine cents per share for these shares and I don't want to eat the loss just quite yet. So here's what's going to happen. Donald Trump's children, who have all testified in his New York real estate scam trial, are going to unwittingly condemn him to a life in prison, and he will not be the nominee. Nikki Haley will not be able to overcome the fact that she worked for the dreaded United Nations during Trump's administration. Ron DeSantis will fall into one of his cowboy boots and not be able to get dig his way out like baby Jessica in the well. And that will leave Tim Scott. As the Republican uh, nominee, no, he will no. unsuspend his no, campaign. No, his shares will rocket up to the mid nineties at the very least, and your boy Kid Midas, the original wave rider, will have one <laughs> last surf onto the beach where he collects his money. Friends, that's what's going to happen. You heard it here first on Election Profit Makers. I think. There is a possibility that that could happen. I don't think that's the way it would happen. I think the most likely way it happens is that Tim Scott is chosen as Donald Trump's vice president. And then 
something happens to Donald Trump, most likely being indicted, going to jail, dropping dead, whatever. And that's how he gets there. I think it's extremely unlikely he gets there. But I do think there's an okay chance that he could be VP. Why would Donald Trump pick Tim Scott when Tim Scott's whole campaign was based on a sort of Reagan, based on a Canal Street Reaganism of sunny optimism and American can-do positivity? That's not exactly Donald Trump's brand, y'all. Hold for laughter and applause. Tim Scott can say anything he wants behind the scenes to Trump. And you can you can disparage Trump nonstop, right to his face, say all these horrible things. And then if you go to dinner with him like Romney or anybody mm. else, you can completely flip him around. Okay. okay. He he's he's easily manipulated. So I don't think any of that stuff has any, any of that passed up. I don't think that's a deal killer. So let's put on our pundit hats. Biden is now struggling with um, African-Americans and Latino voters, people say. Maybe Trump picking Tim Scott as his running mate is the is a is a is a smart move. And then maybe some more black voters would vote for Trump over Biden. And then Trump will win re-election. Tim Scott will wait in the wings for eight long years. As Trump completes both terms, he's going to do a bonus term, a third term. Uh, at that point, all of America's freeways will be on fire, not just the 10. <laughs> and then Tim Scott will become president. Hmm. But that won't help me because the market is not whether Tim Scott will ever become president. It's whether Tim Scott will be the 2024 Republican nominee. And that's where I'm coming up a little short. I think at this point, just hold on to those shares. Oh, oh I shouldn't sell them at, at one cent? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. I'll hold on to them. I'll hold on to them. I mean, you could take a tax loss, I suppose. Wait a minute. You can't claim a tax loss on gambling God, losses, what if you, you could? What if it was like a business expense? I mean, for us, oh in a way, it God. is. It John, really let's is. let's try that. I should ask my- Yeah, let's try let's that. Let's try that. That's that a great idea. Let's start- Yeah, let's- <laughs> Getting Make audited sure Tish James doesn't get, doesn't get a whiff of it. Remember? Because she'll sue us. Mm. Although, you know what? Neither of us live in New York. Checkmate. That's true. And Josh Stein of North Carolina won't come after you because you guys went to the same high school. That's Chapel right. Hill Tigers. He, yeah, he's got a tiger back. hunts in a pack. No betrayal among the tigers. Is it a pack? I don't know. I don't know what tigers do. And frankly, I have little to no interest in the lifestyles of tigers. Uh, lions are a pride. Crows are a murder. What do you call? What do you call uh, um, a group of a bunch of? Um, uh, Republican uh, presidential nominees, a Ramaswamy. I was going to say a gain. A gain of Republicans? Yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy trading at five cents. So what happened during this debate? Somebody said that it doesn't. Does it matter? None of these people are going to be the Republican. Well, none, none of the debate Donald doesn't Trump. matter. It's just none of it. It's just Donald Trump. Yeah, of are course. You kidding me? Donald it's just Trump. entertainment. None of this matters. Not none. They, we don't even matter. It Whoa. just okay. it's not. Yeah. The debates are stupid. They is only good for entertainment. Um, Vivek got very upset at Nikki Haley for attacking him about TikTok. And then he brought up. Wait, who was attacking TikTok and who was defending TikTok? Because I will vote for the uh, I, TikTok I think Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley threw a shot at Vivek for hanging out on TikTok and trying to appeal to people. Is he? Does he have a TikTok account? I'm sure he does. Oh so I'm gonna check fine. real quick. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No, TikTok is the that best. was a cheap shot by Nikki Haley, okay. frankly. So 
he came back and he said, oh, yeah, you're going to make fun of me for TikTok? Well, guess what? Your own daughter is on TikTok. Oh. And she responded Did like she Will Smith and said, keep my daughter's name out of your voice, which wasn't <laughs> quite right. <laughs> which at first I thought, she said that. Instead of out of your mouth? Yeah. She said out of your voice? I don't know if she was trying to soften it or if they, that's just how they say it in South Carolina. That's so tough. Keep my daughter's name out of your voice. And then she called him scum. <laughs> okay. Well, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no. Which everyone on the stage kind of nodded like. Eh. Scum. Yeah. Okay. So Vivek Ramaswamy.2024 on TikTok, which has a blue check mark, so I assume this is actually him, has 193,000 followers. Well, I wouldn't followers. assume. And anybody can have a blue check mark. So. On TikTok? Oh, on TikTok? Yeah, I'm looking at TikTok. Uh, not, no. I don't go okay, on sorry. Twitter. I'm TikTok for life. My bad, as the kids say. 193,000 followers, a million likes, and let's listen to his most recent video. For young people to use TikTok. My point is actually most young people are using. You probably heard a lot of the other Republican boneheaded politicians. Oh, shit. Bashing TikTok on the debate stage yet again. For some reason, they think that it makes for a convenient punching bag to come after me for being on this platform. They're fools. <laughs> the reality is the Republican Party's going nowhere unless we reach young voters where they actually are. TikTok. I pointed out that as one of the other candidates on that stage, Nikki Haley was criticizing me and sanctimoniously preaching against TikTok. John, this is just what you she were talking about. She didn't know that one of her own adult daughters was actually on it. But the funny part is I wasn't criticizing her daughter. I was criticizing Nikki Haley for being on the wrong side of a generational divide. Our country used to be a country of winners, but the Republican Party has become a party of losers, repeatedly losing election time Interesting. and again. So yes, it's going to take a leader from a different generation to lead us to win. Okay. Let me go to the comments. Let's see what they're saying in the TikTok comments. Another fantastic. <clears throat> I can't read the comments because they're all making sexual jokes that I don't. What? Yeah. It must what, be what a meme they... where they're talking about edging. You know about that edging? Yeah. We're not going to yeah. talk about that, but everyone okay. is goofing on him. <laughs> TikTok <laughs> is the best. How dare anybody ever criticize TikTok or even spend one minute of their life not on TikTok? The, the the greatest pinnacle of human achievement. Okay, so I'm sorry I missed the debate because I would have I would have loved to watch them uh, call each other scum in real time. They really hate each other, Nikki Haley and Vivek. It's like um, who were the two Democrats who hated each other? It was like Pete Buttigieg and um, the woman who ate the salad with a stapler. Yeah, Klobuchar. Yeah, Klobuchar. Yeah. They hated each other. Yeah, yeah, they did. You're right. It doesn't matter. It's all entertainment. Yeah. Biden though is gonna. Well, hmm. is Biden fucking up, though, like for real with Israel and Hamas stuff? Yeah. He's really biffing it. It's quite interesting. Yeah. And it's it's it is. Um, dude. Are they not? I guess they're not on TikTok. <laughs> are they getting crushed? Yeah. Are people I liking mean, him on TikTok about Israel? Oh, my God. Here's what I don't understand. Netanyahu is good guy. Great. Well, first of all, stipulated great guy. Love him. Wish he could be my president. But he's not popular. So it's like they issue these. They issue these requests. Like they're not going to ever stop sending money to Israel. That's fine. I 
I've made my peace with that. But that when they, it's not like, it's not like we wish we could do something, but everyone in Israel is so crazy for Netanyahu. If we dare criticize him, everyone will get mad at us. It's not that everyone hates Netanyahu. Right. But, so they, so they, and they have leverage. They have all this money and weaponry they can give Israel, but they won't use the leverage to do anything. So it just makes him look, makes Biden look doubly weak to be like, yeah, we just hope they'll respect uh, the human rights of Palestinians. Uh, it's a shame there's nothing we can really do about it if they don't. But it's like you could do so many things. I don't get it. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I think he's just like a he's a big time believer, um, as is like Hillary Clinton and all of these other past presidents. They're just they are 20. They're 20th century presidents. That's probably a good way of putting it's it. It's like Vivek and TikTok. Vivek's like, listen, guys, we have to meet the young people where they are on TikTok. But the don't young you leftists think- are like, we're not we're not necessarily like gung ho on supporting Israel no matter what, because they don't you know, they're not 20th century kids. They're 21st century kids. What is the Israel they have seen in their lifetime is pretty nice. No, I know. <laughs> you know when you look at Sharon, it like that. The, yeah. Nice guys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The Israel that they have seen, you know, like 2010, you know, that was like 15 years ago. So, I mean, everything that they've been seeing since then has been pretty bad. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's not even giving lip service, really. Yeah. It seems like he could have just come out there. I mean, I feel like someone like Bill Clinton could come out there and just be like, I feel your pain in the Palestinians, you know, it, it, the the cause is real. And just, you know, meanwhile, he'd be giving them just trillions and trillions of dollars to the Israelis. Sure, right. But he would, I feel like, or maybe even Obama could do it. But Biden is not capable of- He's not a bullshit. Communicating to- you know, bullshit. He can't. He, you're right. That's a good thing. He's not thing. a bullshitter. That, he's not a bullshitter. And he is not great at- communicating ideas in a big space to a big audience. Like I think if Biden took you aside mm-hmm. him, himself, he's not Bill Clinton, obviously, but I think his empathy and all that, his emotion would really come through. And he's great one-on-one with these families and stuff like that. But when he gets up there and gives his speeches, it's just like every once in a while he has one that's really good, but most of the time it, it kind of sucks. And that's not me saying we should elect Donald Trump, obviously. It does feel like his first huge unforced error fuck up or the one that might stay that might haunt him for the next year among young people because it's just such a biff. But it does just feel like a cultural, not a cultural reflex, but it's like, well, what do you expect me to do? Not give Israel whatever they want? Like that's not done. That would lead to World War Three, you know? There must be something deep in his head where he can't do it. Right. And I think he does have uh, he he does have an affinity for the military in general. Mm-hmm. Sure. So but it's interesting because there are a lot of issues like, like unlike a lot of 80 plus year old people, unlike I should say a lot of 80 plus year old white guys, Biden has evolved on a bunch of issues. He's not stuck in the past on everything. No, he's not. Gay he's marriage, very all far kinds left of stuff, trans, trans issues, you know, fucking government spending, all that stuff. I think he's more to the left on government spending than he was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Unions. But the Israel thing, Israel thing, he just feels like truly stuck. He can't evolve. 
And I think that's why you have all these what is it, like anonymous petitions and letters coming out from people who work in the White House or work on Capitol Hill being like, bruh, you're fucking this up real bad. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think also, I think Biden's problems are not I think it's simple to to say that it that it's all that. I mean, I think like any disaster, you need a lot of things to go wrong. And in in the his polling and the campaigning and their communication, it's it is not doing well right now. And I think it's a lot of things, and that's that's a big part of it. But it's obviously the economy or the, how people. I think it's how inflation. people view the economy. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I think people want prices to go down, and the fact that the you know the the last report on inflation showed it at 0%. It did not rise, but it's not going to fall. And so people, they just remember how yeah, much- Yeah. Why would a company things- ever suddenly start charging less for their product? Like these, It feels to me like inflation was the pretext for a bunch of price gouging, and now those prices are locked in and familiar. Why would they ever drop again? No. And you, and you, and you don't necessarily want prices to drop either because it means something's really bad is happening in the economy too. But- I want everything to be free. What do you think about that, John? Yeah. I wanted to go to the grocery store and feed a family of six for a penny. What do you think about that? To me, that would th- that would signal that things are going very well. But but everyone is apparently making way making a ton of money. The unemployment's really low. Wages are as high as they've ever been. But I, I don't feel... Uh, that I know. Well, that's the maddening. If you're the president and the economy, according to all the eggheads and pie charts, is looking good, and then you go out and say that. But if people are anxious about money, that makes it even worse because now it now it seems like you don't even have empathy for how hard everything is because now they feel like they're getting they're being gaslighted. Like, what are you complaining about? Your rent being too high? The economy's doing great. Look at all these numbers I have. Listen to the numbers. Right. Can't trust people who say listen to the numbers. If the numbers don't reflect what you are feeling as an individual, we must remember to balance the power of the numbers with one's own economic phenomenology, okay? You can't come out and say the economy is doing good to people who feel financially insecure. That'll make it even worse. The numbers, I hate to say this, but the numbers must be tempered with the humanities. We must remember that lived human experience has a place in the grand equation of the numbers. This is the only time I will ever praise the humanities over the numbers. And I'm okay. only doing this to help Biden's cause. You have to remember, it's not just about the numbers. Okay? There's so much more than the numbers, y'all. There's music. There's arts. There's psychology. There's sociology. There's so many other things other than the numbers. So yes, of course, listen to the numbers, celebrate the numbers, and make love with passion to the numbers, right? And come in the numbers. But yeah, remember- do that. Remember all the other- Anyway. Uh, <laughs> just I, having fun with the numbers, y'all. I'm just having fun with the numbers. You, you have to forgive me. I'm just I think people are just freaking out because they I'm fucking these are numbers. waiting for another. Sh- I think COVID just pe- I think people are hmm. I think it's COVID. But I also think it's just, you know, since since 2015, it's just feels like just, just been one emergency after another. Yeah, we're in the and, we're grinding. <laughs> we're yeah. Really in so the grind. it just feels like something bad is going to happen. So maybe things are great and maybe things are great in people's bank accounts, but they're just like, well, that's not going to do any good when things when Donald Trump gets reelected or whatever they're just everybody is 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 pessimistic right I mean I am 
Yeah. So I have to say I'm a little pessimistic too. Let's see what Predict It says, John. How about that for a segue? Who will win the 2024 U.S. presidential election? Joe Biden at 42 cents. Donald Trump at 40 cents. He's only two cents behind. Wow. Well, people like Nate Silver, who I, I know is controversial to to a lot of people, have come out recently and said that they believe that it's it's probably a 50-50 election right now. Unbelievable. What fun we'll have next year, John. What fun we will have next year watching a 50-50 election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So I think a lot of people are upset because they, they're saying, you know what, the, the sure, the Republicans are going to choose Trump, but they are having a primary in that it's unfair that the Democrats aren't having a primary, that, that the voters just aren't getting a chance to to choose. Choose someone other than Biden. To choose someone other than Biden, although they wouldn't. You would just have a bunch of people voting for Warren or Bernie Gavin or Newsom. other fact. In 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 Biden would end up winning, and then he'd be damaged in the process, and uh, so that wouldn't help anybody. So it's a bad situation, but none of this is new. We, we all knew it was bad. Mm-hmm. We all knew this was bad mm-hmm. when when Biden became president. It was just like he's too old. He's too old. And he and, and again, he may be the only one who can can do it. I do think that 90 percent of his issues are just that he sounds old and slurs his speech. If he yeah. came out and yelled about everything, his approval rating would be so much higher than it is. America just wants the loudest person to be president. That's all they want. They just want the loudest person to be president. Well, that's not good. John, it's time for a UNC football update, and it sounds to me like you've got some splaining to do. Yes, I I was absolutely sure that UNC was going to lose this past week to its rival, Duke University, at beautiful Keenan Stadium. Duke came in a 14-point underdog with its two quarterbacks being injured, so it was playing a third-string freshman quarterback, and UNC, of course, as the number one NFL draft prospect in Drake May as quarterback, uh, and they were playing at home. So I was saying UNC would get beat, and they didn't. What happened? They did everything they, did everything they could to, to get beat, but— um, I heard it was quite an interesting game, John. It was. There were lots of mistakes. UNC went up early. Then Duke came back and took the lead late. Duke scored a touchdown with about 30 seconds to go to take a three-point lead. And UNC somehow managed to make it down and kick a field goal to force overtime. Uh, And in overtime, it went back and forth. And um, UNC ended up winning 47 to 45. So hold on. Hold on. You're selling this game short. I thought it was double overtime. It was, uh, yeah, it was double overtime. Yeah. Okay. All double right. overtime. Yeah, double overtime. And, on, you know, these teams have played 110 times. It was only the second time that they've ever gone to overtime. Hmm. Much to consider. Oh, that was kind of interesting. So I can't do anything about being wrong about that. Uh, I can only go forward and say that I am sticking to my guns that UNC will lose its final two games. What happens if they don't lose their final two games? What 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 reward can we can we what price can we extract from you for your for your needless pessimism and psychological hedging? Uh, it's not. No, this truly is not psychological. Mm, hedging. I'm kind of think you're using this podcast as a huge psychological hedge. You're publicly announcing the defeat of UNC so that if they uh, lose I... your pain is tempered by the fact that you come across as a football savant. 
you are exploiting our audience for your own nefarious psychological ends. But I've been mostly right about all this stuff. So Have you, Johnny? Yeah. Oh, okay. I predicted we would lose in, at Georgia Tech. I think the only one that I didn't say was Virginia. I was so shocked by that. Okay. By that result. And uh, when when Carolina was 7-0, and I still said that we'd end up losing four games this year. And how many have we lost so far? Uh, we've lost two. So they have to lose these final two games for your prediction to come true. Well, I guess technically they could go one and one in these last two games and then lose their bowl game. But UNC has about a 10% success rate in bowl games. So that is is certain. I think there's a decent chance that UNC loses five games and that they, they end up losing these two and then go to a bowl and lose. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to mm-hmm. it. This next game is at Clemson. Clemson is favored. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going out on a limb predicting that. And then the last one is at NC State, who is a big rival. And even though UNC would be favored in that, they will lose. So I I don't know what you can extract. What do you want? I don't know. I have to think about it. I have to think about what I want to extract from you in case UNC doesn't lose these two games. Give me one week to consider my extraction, okay? Okay. Friends, let's not forget in music news... I will be performing at The Cave in Chapel Hill Sunday, November 26th at 8 p.m., opening for the great band Speedstick. Speedstick, the improv rock band with two drummers, not one drummer, but two drummers. An unholy racket will be created that evening. Sunday, November 26th, 8 p.m. at The Cave. Probably my favorite bar in Chapel Hill. I will be opening for Speedstick, doing my bleeps and my bloops and my... uh, sounds i'll be doing my sounds so please come yeah john are you gonna and come? i'll be I'll, yeah i'll oh, be you gonna come yeah oh that's yeah. terrific thanks man yeah all right cool we'll see you all there yeah. listener questions john let's get right to it steven wrote in steven said our building has a three-story atrium courtyard filled with plants and trees and one day a couple of tit mice got trapped inside The oak titmouse is an adorable tiny gray bird with a triangular crest like a mohawk on top of its head. As much as we wanted to have these birds living in our home, my wife and I had to find a way to get them out. So we recorded some of their buddies from the backyard and played the recording just outside the door, and it worked. They followed the sound outside. Here is the recording. Now, this recording is incredible. So hold on to your Can I hats. just say that that's brilliant? Did they, yeah. did they look that up on the internet? I don't know. Yeah. They're smart, I mean, whoever either, these people either are. Either way, that's awesome. Let's listen to the recording. We're back. Hey, Teddy writes in, Hi, Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider. Hi. And Long John Silver, a.k.a. Helicopter Tony. That's me. Spoilers for David Fincher's The Killer follow. Spoilers ahead, everybody, for this movie. He writes, I just saw David Fincher's new movie, The Killer. 
and was surprised to see that one chapter of the film visits Beacon, New York. I first learned of Beacon on television's Going Deep with David Reese. A few years later, I ended up visiting the Dia Beacon Museum and enjoying the city. I'm curious what you might make of the use of Beacon in the movie. Does the way it's deployed say anything about the film or the city? I couldn't figure out if Fincher had used CGI to recreate it elsewhere, but it at least felt authentic. Beacon, a city I know well, featured in David Fincher's new movie, The Killer. David Fincher, whose movies I sometimes enjoy. Zodiac, terrific. He also made um, The Social Network about Mark Zuckerberg. And he also... I've never seen Fight Club, but I have seen um, Gone Girl a couple times. That's a fun movie. And then he made Seven, which I hated. And then he made, um, God damn it. I know he made another movie. He made another famous movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is okay. David Fincher, premium director, John, a premium director. I couldn't believe it when I got this email that said he had a scene in this new movie, The Killer which is about an assassin that takes place in Beacon. We all remember the incredible moment in one of the Transformers movies where a Transformer rises up from Bannerman Island in the Hudson River, which is just south of Beacon. Oh my gosh, I was in the movie theater. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Now, I always do. And then also on that TV show Severance, John, did you ever watch this show called Severance where people go into an office and they forget, they have like a, they can't remember their home life in the office and they can't remember their office life when they're at home, Okay. This is a famous TV show from a couple years ago. And the climactic episode, there's all these shots of Beacon. I couldn't believe it. Beacon, New York, on the Hudson River, in the Hudson River Valley. Yeah. So I didn't know that this new David Fincher movie, The Killer, had a scene that was set in Beacon. That makes me very excited. But I have to say that reading about this movie, I don't think I could watch this movie because it's about an assassin, which I like, you know, like. I kind of like assassin movies because they're really just like process movies, right? You're watching somebody assemble their little rifle and their little silencer and their little scope that they had hidden in their pants and they put it all together with such precision and they're so fastidious and you're like, I wish I had that quality in my own life, you know, just for the for daily living. But then I read that it's Michael Fassbender wearing a silly hat and just doing nonstop voiceover. And I just like, I don't I, I don't think I can hear that because. The whole thing about an assassin is that they have no inner voice. They're just automatons, right? Isn't that why we love assassin movies? Because they're sociopaths and we get to pretend that we don't have a care in the world either, other than doing a good job. It, it's the exact wrong profession to have a voiceover, it, according to my little rules that I've established Why myself. would a sociopath doesn't have an inner voice? I don't think so. Maybe they do. I truly know nothing about human okay. psychology. So let's keep that in mind, okay? Okay. But also, John... The older I get, I can't, I just can't watch these fucking gun movies. We've talked about this before. I just, I'm over it. I can't see these fucking men with their guns and we're supposed to root for the man with the gun. I'm, I'm tired of it. I've seen enough of it. And so for those reasons, I don't think I'm going to see this new movie, The Killer. Also, the reviews have been mixed, but I wish someone would write in and tell me more about what happens in Beacon. Does the killer go to Dia Beacon and look at that pile of broken glass in the corner that's a sculpture? And he's like, I could do that. All I have to do is shoot out this window with my rifle. And then maybe he shoots out a window and then the, the curator to Dia Beacon comes over and says, oh, wonderful. You've created a new pile of broken glass for us. Thank you, killer. Or but does he fall? Does he 
is he like backing away from a rival assassin? Then he falls into one of those huge holes in the floor at Dia Beacon. That's a sculpture. There have these huge, massive holes in the floor that are actual sculptures. And you can't look down into the bottom of the hole because of the way it's positioned. Does he fall into one of those holes? Or maybe there's a climactic shootout in Richard Serra's torqued ellipses sculptures. That would be good because that would be really disorienting because of the way the angles and the curvatures of those massive steel plates work. So if there's a huge shootout at Dia Beacon, then I will go see the movie The Killer. Also, if he goes into Beacon Natural Foods and pays $500 for one bag of potato chips, I would also be interested in seeing that scene if that takes place in The Killer. Perhaps he goes to the, the old, uh, the old uh, public library where I used to volunteer in the bookstore there and picks up a paperback for two cents in the, in the room that's filled with mildew. Maybe he does that. Maybe he goes by my old house and, and, and sees the old porch columns that I had to replace before I put the house on the market. That would be interesting. Unfortunately, the dead tree stump that was in my front yard long since collapsed. So the killer will not be able to climb the rotted tree stump in order to find a good position to shoot his rivals. There's so many good opportunities for the killer in Beacon. Now that I think about it, I really hope that David Fincher will make a sequel to the killer that takes place entirely in Beacon. I will give him so many ideas for action set pieces. You know, the killer gets hungry. Maybe he goes to um, maybe he goes to Quinn's, you know, maybe he gets thirsty. Maybe he goes to Dogwood and has a beer, you know. Maybe he sees George hiding behind the bar. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. I have to shoot you. I'm a political assassin. And then George says, no, I'm not on the town council anymore. I'm not running for town council anymore. I've retired. You know, that could be a cool scene. Talking about the political, right? The personal is the political. That could be the subtext. Because personally, I used to live in Beacon. And politically, you and I do a podcast about politics. That could be very rewarding. Anyway, um, I would like to hear from anyone who has seen The Killer, and this is a sincere request. If you have seen David Fincher's movie, The Killer, send an email to contact.electionprofitmakers.com. And given everything you've heard me say about my feelings about this movie, tell me if I should go see it. Because I will go see it. If, if, if I think I would enjoy myself, I would go do it. That's, that's, that's my vibe these days. If, you think, if I think I would enjoy doing something, I'm going to do it. No cap. Bet. For fur. For real, for real. F-R-F-R. Fra fra. Is that how you say it? I don't think that's how you say it. I'm going to start saying I... it that way. Okay. Bet. John, that's it. We've recorded another great episode of our podcast. I hope everyone remembers that we're going to have a watch party this Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to watch Clifford for the very first time, and you guys are welcome to watch with us. That's on the Discord that we have through our Patreon. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. And if you would like to sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. You'll also get an invite to that said private Discord. Send your election prediction questions, skyline requests, and bird recordings to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to con- if you want to advertise, send send an email <laughs> send an email to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Wow, look at that! You fell uh, off your motorcycle and then you uh, just decided to walk, and it was so casual yeah. and cool. I'm going to leave that in. That was really cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. I admire your attitude. All right, man. I'll I'll see you on uh, I'll see you Friday. See you Friday. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.